because it's got these calories and it's like, oh my gosh, I haven't eaten in, you know, hours, days, weeks, and I'm going to store like a chipmunk, like a squirrel stores its nuts, you know? Hi, I'm Maria, otherwise known as the Fit Foodie. I'm a chef, holistic nutritionist, author, inventor, and mom. And I want to welcome you to my podcast. It's called Recipes for Your Best Life. And with every episode, I'm peeling back the onion on fitness, nutrition, health, wellness, and family. The truth is, you're the chef of your life. And for every important pillar, there's a great recipe worth sharing. So every week, we'll explore them together. Think of it as food for thought that you can really sink your teeth into. So join me and let's squeeze the joy out of this life because you only get one. Can I get a fork, yeah? I had the good fortune of studying abroad in Italy when I was in college and have spent a lot of time there since my introduction to the greatest place on earth for studying foodies. I mean, Italians love to eat. They live and breathe it, just like my people from the Middle East. And carbs, dairy, and meat are mainstays. Yet you'd be hard-pressed to find anyone on a diet, meaning deprivation. But here's some of the intel that I gleaned over the years that I have spent there. Number one, the dairy for fresh mozzarella Parmigiano-Reggiano and other cheeses comes from animals that are fed the right nourishment and raised without added hormones. And the result is a superior flavor, so much so that pizza is never covered in mounds of cheese, just enough to spread some love and sometimes no cheese at all. Number two, flour is milled locally and breads are baked with painstaking care using fermented starters versus quick-rise yeasts. And that yields a much more gut-friendly product that's easier to digest without bleached or otherwise processed ingredients, stabilizers, or fillers. Number three, the portions are much, much, much smaller. Italians will eat three courses, but we're not talking about bottomless plates of pasta. A meal starts with two or three ounces of cooked pasta, about the same portion of protein, and ends with vegetables. You leave the table feeling satisfied, not like a stuffed turkey. Number four, I have never, ever seen a 64-ounce tumbler of soda in anyone's hand. I mean, ever. Number five, people take their time eating. Gulping down your food whole like Homer Simpson is the sure way to bad gut health. And don't discount the importance of digestion and breaking down food properly. With carbs, it starts in your mouth with your saliva, which is why your mama always said, chew slowly, not to mention the choking hazard. But there's real truth in that. Chew slowly so that you digest your food so it doesn't get clogged up in there. Next, you tend to eat far less when you're in the company of others than when you eat alone. And Italians love to eat in groups with gusto, you know, that zest for life. They are wholly engaged in the act. And it's, 
It's really fun to see them eat. I know that sounds weird, but they are into food. I didn't see a whole lot of snacking happening either or people pulling up to fast food windows and scarfing down, you know, that double-double in their Alfa Romeos. It just doesn't happen. And lastly, while venti is in fact the Italian word for 20, 20 20-ounce coffee drinks and bigger with over 100 grams of sugar just don't exist there. I call that living the sweetest life, the sweetest life, la dolcissima vita, but without the sugar. It's there. It's there for you to access and you can train yourself to take care of yourself and your health by watching these things, by watching portion sizes, by watching your habits, by watching how you consume your food. Ingredients shouldn't come with a laundry list of unpronounceable ingredients manufactured in a lab. It should be enjoyed with fervor, you know, savored, like something that leaves us waiting for the next meal with giddy anticipation. You know, like your first time at Disneyland, like that expectation of Christmas, like that person that you just can't wait to see. It should be enjoyed in serving sizes that are proportionate to your caloric expenditures. It should be nutritionally balanced. And y'all, it can and should include carbs. So here's the question. Where do your decadent indulgences play into this? Can you have the carnal joy of eating what you want and still eating clean? And the answer is yes. Are you happy? Are you jumping up and down? Hashtag best news ever. It's called the 90-10 rule. And I talk about it at length in my new book, Eat Like You Give a Fork. It's the eighth and maybe the most hallowed strategy of all. And the 90-10 rule is quite simply life balance. 90% of your meals adhere to the other seven core strategies that I discuss at length in the book. And then the remaining 10% can be whatever you ding dang like. The oldest story in the world relating to food begins with an apple tree or a fruit tree of some sort, a naked man and woman and a command, don't eat from that tree. So what did they do? They ate from the tree. Anytime you say something is off limits, you are going to find a way to get it into your body. So from here on, it's not about being off limits. It's about the big picture. In my strategy, you can eat from that tree, so to speak, the proverbial tree, every week with falling, without falling into food damnation. That's how forgiving your body and metabolism are. And I call it the FBIQ, your fat-burning intelligence quotient. That FBIQ actually does better when you indulge a little throughout the week. It's a practice that bodybuilders and figure competitors have known and, and used for ages. I mean, it's no, it's no secret. But to break down the science, 
you have to eat in a certain way to regulate your hormones and keep your blood sugar on track to avoid spikes and falls so that you can do that 10% without throwing your body into a tizzy. When we dive into the hormones, let's just kind of talk about hormones for a second. Cause I think, you know, people love to throw out like, it's your hormones, it's your hormones. Like at every stage in life, right? When you're a teenager, it's your hormones. When you go through menopause, it's your hormones. Well, the truth is your hormones never ever go away. They're always in your life, but they're shifting and they're changing and they require different attention at different times. When it comes to eating, your hormones are fully engaged. And there's two in particular I want you to be aware of, and they're called leptin and ghrelin. Leptin is the hormone that helps regulate your appetite and recognizes when you're full. So when you shift into a place where you've taught your body to be efficient and burn fat and calories like a well-oiled machine, leptin knows what to do. And those 10%, that 10% of what I call like your, you know, indulgence, but really it's not a cheat meal, it's required. That actually increases leptin levels for a short period of time. So your leptin tells your body to go into overtime to burn those extra calories and fat. This is a beautiful thing, guys. It also helps to keep ghrelin in place. Ghrelin, just think of ghrelin and gremlin. They sound sort of the same, but ghrelin are like the gremlins that make you like your body just want to eat, eat, eat. You know, eat, eat, eat with a ba- without any sort of regulation, with abandon, you know? Like, I am going to eat everything in sight. But when your body is functioning the way it's supposed to, ghrelin and leptin play nice, nice in the sandbox together. You know, they're not at odds with each other. And this is guilt free. When you intermittently boost your caloric intake, your body burns more calories instead of just plateauing and adjusting. If you're always depriving your body, it's like it's going into storage. It's like hunkering down like a bear in hibernation because it's got these calories and it's like, oh my gosh, I haven't eaten in, you know, hours, days, weeks, and I'm going to store like a chipmunk like a squirrel stores its nuts, you know, and your body will store that fat. It's not going to burn it efficiently. So your fat burning intelligence quotient, that FBIQ needs you to observe the 90-10 rule. That 10% wiggle room not only is important for that, but it's important for your pleasure center. It's important for loving life. It's important for those special times with family and friends where you want to have a little piece of birthday cake, a little cupcake, a little pasta, a little whatever lights your fire. So let's define a little because I keep saying a little. Let's define a little because I'm not saying eat the whole cake (laughs) or the bottomless plate of pasta every week. I'm not saying that. If you're eating about five times per day, which I do recommend you eat frequently, 
helps to sustain your blood sugar. I mean, you know, everybody has different needs and maybe a couple of times a week you're doing my intermittent fast, which is part of my strategies, and maybe you're not eating that frequently. But if you're eating multiple times most days, 10% means you can eat three to five meals of extra a week. So maybe it is a serving of your favorite pancakes that you make at home or that you know are made without all the artificial crap and refined flours. You know, maybe it is that piece of birthday cake that your mama made or your grandmama made or that comes from a place that doesn't have a bunch of artificial colors and preservatives in it. You know, I still want you to honor yourself with this 90-10 rule, but it doesn't mean that you can't have it. Have that great piece of pizza that you love at your neighborhood pizza joint because you know that they're not adding a bunch of crap to it. Allow yourself to take a few meals a week without guilt or saying to yourself, I am so bad. I get so upset, y'all, when I hear people say, oh my gosh, I was so bad last night. I had a piece of pizza. And I'm thinking to myself, yeah, I do that multiple times a week. I, <laughs> why are you scolding yourself? You're human. You're human. You didn't eat a whole pizza every night. You're, you're not observing habits that are out of whack. You're in control. And in fact, I want you to plan your 10% because when you plan it, you have something delicious to look forward to too. You have an occasion to plan around with family and friends you have something that you are looking forward to. And that science, that real science shows us it's, it's really effective. And the science shows us that if you up your calories in consecutive days, it's even more effective. So say, for example, you put that on a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Maybe that's where you're having your extra, you know, your little extra Friday, Saturday, and Sunday then you have something to look forward to. So the rules of ninety, the 90-10 engagement, what I like to call the rules of engagement for the 90-10 rule, are just like the seven other strategies that I talk about in Eat Like You Give a Fork. They require a little pre-thought and planning or else you do end up in the, oh crap, I'm out of control zone. I want you to think of this as your opportunity to really enjoy something you love because it's special and it gives you joy. Joy. Food should give you joy. It shouldn't give you heartache. It shouldn't make you fearful. It shouldn't make you feel guilt. God knows we have enough of that in the world, you know? When I enjoyed... That lobster-filled handmade semolina pasta ravioli with shaved truffles at this incredible event a few years ago, I just, it's like the world stopped around me and something viscerally changed in my DNA. It was like my heart could not stand more joy. I, literally, it was exploding from joy. I think I heard the angels sing. You know, I really did. I know that sounds dramatic, but it was dramatic. And I only needed a few bites because they were enough. They were so good and so satisfying and so delicious. 
And I would say that when you have things in check, when you've got the other seven strategies in order, even if you wanted to eat the whole sheet of double fudge brownies that your mama made, you probably couldn't even do it. You couldn't even gorge on those foods like you used to because you'll find your taste buds have been reset. You know, it doesn't take you a lot to get to that pleasure point. And I always say, don't count the bites, but make every bite count. Remember that. Don't count the bites. Make every bite count. Be present. Enjoy it. Savor it. Smell it. Taste it. Touch it if you want to. I mean, food's the only art form that we can engage all five senses. I mean, think about that. That's an amazing thing. So here's eight ways to keep your 90-10 life in check. Number one is to plan your 10% meals like you plan your 90% meals. And that does require some planning so you don't go overboard. Number two is plan your 10%er for maybe the weekend. Like I mentioned, doing them in consecutive days is a really smart thing. And the science shows us that that's a better thing for increasing your FBIQ. So maybe pick the Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Because in one of my other strategies, I introduce an intermittent fast, and I want you to do that on a Monday, Wednesday, or a Tuesday, Thursday. So that leaves Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Number three is remember it's a meal, and it's not a day of wild food orgies. <laughs> Number four, the calories should be about 15%. So around 200 to 300 for the average woman around 250 to 350 for the average man. And extra on days you have a 10% meal. Number five is make it good. I mean good. And savor it slowly. Taste it. Experience it. Number six is always, always, always hydrate well, but especially when you're having those extra calories, that is going to help move everything through your body. Hydration is so critical. Number seven is something I want you to just kind of take with a grain of salt and maybe smile at. Don't bring junk food home or junk home in general that you wouldn't want to wake up with. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's not going to serve you in any way, shape, or form. So if it's that processed stuff that you find in the grocery store that has an infinite shelf life and ingredients you can't pronounce. I mean, is it really serving you? Is that really what you want to spend your hard-earned calories and love of food on? (laughs) There are other things. I bet you can find them. And number eight, because I love eight, because you turn it on on its side and it's infinity, is number eight is share the goodies with someone you love or like. It's okay. I remember hearing Oprah say once, and I will never forget this, when you have something that you know is going to taste so good, I mean, so good, it's so much better to share it, right? So both of you will say, oh, that was so good. You actually release endorphins when you eat And then when you're in love or love somebody, that's like double the amount of endorphins. That's like all the good stuff. That's all the good hormones, you know? 
They're just coursing through your body. Sharing is caring. And it helps that this approach will control how much you eat. If the average restaurant meal is 1,000 calories, that's half the calories the average woman needs in an entire day. I mean, that's like half. Of course, I want you to eat more, but like in terms of need, that's, that's a lot. I mean, a thousand calories is a lot of food. So when you aren't controlling your portion sizes, other people are. And eating in moderation, sharing it, keeping those 10 percenters, those meals for something you really want to enjoy and eating them slowly and savoring every fork and good bite will help you keep this strategy in check. Check out, would you, Eat Like You Give a Fork. I am getting so close, y'all, for it to be hitting the shelves. And I want you to be a part of this movement. It's going to change your life. I'm so confident it will. It's going to give you freedom. It's going to liberate you. It's going to help you thrive. And you can find more on our website at eatcleaner.com. Hey, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. I know you have a lot of choices out there of what to listen to, what to watch. So it means a lot to me that you're here with me. And hey, if you love this content, would you hit the subscribe button? I want you around. I don't want you to just show up for one episode and leave. I want you here, part of the conversation, a seat at this table. And while you're at it, would you share this with your friends and family? And if you take a screenshot and share it on your social media with a hashtag RFYBL for Recipes for Your Best Life, I'll make sure to personally give you a shout out and you may just be featured right here on the show. So until next time, here's to living deliciously and being the chef of your best life.